0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane,
1: this weekend I went uh, back to Baton Rouge to watch my Tigers play um, an SEC game against Missouri. We were sitting right behind home plate. And I was sitting right near this group of four major league scouts. And I think I actually ended up watching them more than, more than I was watching the game because I found it so fascinating how these four guys were doing the exact same job in completely different ways. We had these two scouts. One was from Kansas City and one was Tampa Bay. And they were sitting there, and they both had their tablets in their hand, and they were taking notes, and they were talking to each other. And they were just really engaged in conversation. Now, they were doing the man thing that y'all do when you always have the seat between you. Why do y'all do that?
0: I mean, it's a combination of things. You want your space. We're not going to be taking selfies. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the, the probably not very appropriate thing of you got to have room for the man spread, right? So the legs have to go apart. You know, you need to be able to sit there. It's just, it is it is what it is on this. I'm sorry. There's, you know, it's it's the unwritten rule. There's a lot of stuff going on in Major League Baseball right now about unwritten rules getting broken by the Giants. I don't know if you, you've heard that or read that on social media, but there's this unwritten rule of manhood is you just, if there's seats available, you skip a seat just straight up.
1: So we had these two guys from, like I said, from Casey and from the Rays, and they had their technology, right? They were taking notes, they were talking, they were engaged with each other. And then in the row behind them, we had the scout from the Diamondbacks, and you could see that he was into the game. Right, He had his phone with him, but for the most part, you could see the emotion on his face. Like He was watching the game, and he was watching the players, and he was really involved with what was going on. Right? So then you skip a seat, and you've got the scout from the Yankees. He was stoic. He's sitting in his chair, his arms are crossed. I'm not sure the man blinked for the game. I mean, it never showed emotion, never spoke to anybody. He was there. And he was, I mean, stoic was the only word for it. I never saw a phone, a tablet, anything. He was just, he was just there. He wasn't smiling. Anyway, anyway, so all that being said, it struck me that we had four men doing the exact same job in distinctly different ways. It was like being an independent agent. You could choose how to do your job.
0: Yeah. You know, I was sitting here as you were, you were telling the story and just thinking, gosh, that's just like independent agents, right? We're all different. Everybody's doing it differently, has different ways of doing things. But I kind of want to go back for a second to the just the thought around the Yankee scout. You know, my question is, is like, why do they even have scouts? Because they just do free agencies, right? They just, it's, I mean, I, just, I don't know. Maybe maybe they have a great farm system. I'm not up on, on the Yankees farm system, but I'm wondering if he was so stoic because, you know, we are the Yankees, and you know, I can't believe I'm here at this college game and I'm this is beneath me or if it's just the personality. What's really interesting is that I would say my bet would be that everyone was watching the game more than you think they were. like the one, I think you said the Diamondbacks. Uh, One of the scouts you said was just like completely engaged in the game. Yeah, that was the Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. Diamondbacks, okay. You can see he's engaged in the game, so you know he's watching the game, all the details. But the other scouts that were more engaged with each other in conversation, whatever, they were watching the game too. This is what's interesting. And I'm going to use my softball college recruiting experience. You don't think they're watching, but they're watching. They're watching through the conversation. I've had conversations with college coaches, head coaches, major head coaches on the softball side, and we'll be in the middle of a conversation and a play happen, and I miss it. And the coach go, do you see that? It was something, right? It was so minute that I missed it. But during the middle of our conversation, the coach actually saw it. It's kind of interesting. You wonder, this may be not the case, because I'll I'll contradict myself. Oh, no. I mean,
1: they had their technology. They were making notes throughout. I mean, you could see when something would happen, but oh, yeah.
0: So you think they were actually engaged. You think they were actually watching the game, even though they weren't watching the game?
1: Yeah, I do. I do.
0: Well, so then there's the other spectrum where they're there for relationship building with, quote, LSU they're there to be present, but they really aren't in the market for anyone at LSU. Now that happens too, right? This year, right? They're not in the market this year, but they're there because they're it's essentially marketing right because they want to have a relationship and they want to have the tip and they want to be able to say you know have an in I mean I don't know why the Kansas City Royals would ever think that they did not have an automatic inroad into a major college program I would think that would be automatic but they may not right you know they may not have a great reputation I don't know but there's some marketing in that too and so that's the other flip side of this is I would have been so curious i mean i can't believe you didn't get down in in amongst them
1: because the cute boy wouldn't let me that's why because i, I really I, wanted to and he was like no tanya no uh-oh. you cannot not i would
0: uh-uh. i wouldn't yeah. have been able to help myself i would have been down <laughs> i would have been down there trying to gauge some kind of conversation probably acted like an idiot just trying to get into what's going on in their yeah. world and what I mean, are you were, looking for they were right and, across you know, the
1: aisle from yeah. me and, and and the cute boy just kept saying no just just yeah. watch the game no, yeah. no 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 because you know he's a stranger danger kind of person
0: but to your point, I mean, so much like the independent agency system, right? There are some wrong ways, right? There are some wrong ways to do things, but there's no necessarily my way uh, is better. Your way is better. It's an interesting business. It kind of parallels just small business in, in general that there's so many different types of independent agencies. I think that's why there's some somewhat of a struggle around market share accumulation say within personal lines. Because that's a real thing. State Farm, Allstate, Farmers, the big 3. Combine that with the direct channel, Geico, and you get this really really high percentage of personal lines. In a lot of states, you know, that may be 70 to 75 76%, something like that, depending on what year you look at the independent agent distribution and you get into that twenty-two to twenty-four percent range that independent agents distribution around auto and home, personal lines of business. And making headway on that historically has been has been really difficult. And I think some of that comes from the fact that we're just all over the place. We have a hard time doing that same thing over and over again, or maybe having a system in place. And I think that's part of our struggle, is that our uniqueness that is such an advantage in so many ways is also some of our struggle.
1: And we have a new coach at LSU with baseball this year, and seeing the change in culture that he has put in place was phenomenal. Baseball is one of those things that you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, and sometimes by changing culture, changing outlook, changing little things, it makes such a huge difference. I mean, when I tell you our new coach has those guys out of the dugout every single chance that he can get them out of there. It was so interesting. You know, our guys in the bullpen never sat down. You know, when you could look over and see the Missouri players in the bullpen that sat down the whole time, it looked like they were like watching TV. But our players never sat down on the bullpen. They never sat down on the dugout. And when I tell you, every time one of our guys had some kind of success or there was some kind of promotion going on in the stadium, you know, recognizing our military, recognizing our first responders, those guys came out of the dugout onto the field to create some excitement. I really liked the change of culture that I was seeing. And, and it, it reminded me, we have had some atrophy. We have had some culture challenges at LSU with our players looking a bit lazy over the last few seasons. And seeing that culture change was really exciting for me on Friday night.
0: Yeah, there's this shift going on. I would technically, I guess, from an age standpoint, be considered old school. But really, my coach, my coaches were really old school, right? And so I, I was coaching Coached by some coaches, really, really great coaches at the collegiate level. One at the junior college level. One at Oklahoma State that would be considered at, in the top tier. But they were towards the end of their careers when I played for them. So if you think about that, it's really old school, different world. But we were taught no emotion. We were taught that stoic. Talking about the the Yankees, you know, scout. We were talking the stoicness of the game, unwritten rules. We abided by all of those things. We did not shake hands after the game at the collegiate level. It was a interesting thing. It was something that I had to get comfortable with and used to because I had not ever been in that situation. So when you go, when you went to that level, the game's over, and here comes the other team lining up to shake our hands, and we're, we're headed the other direction. We don't do that. And you would get some comments. Guys are guys. These are 18- to 22-year-old, 23-year-old young men, boys, whatever you want to call them at the time, and they're not happy. Poor sportsmanship. People would label us different things. Well, now you've got this tipping point where energy, keeping your your players involved in the game, probably running between innings down to the outfield fence and back. The bullpen pitchers never sitting down. Everybody up on the top rail cheering each other on. I'm used to that because of softball, because softball brings a ton of energy. Female athletes do this naturally. This is who they are. It's preached. I am used to that. But what I'm noticing is from my day all the way to today, there is a a new shift in the environment, the culture, to your point that things are have changed or are changing. And you've kind of got this mixture going on just like the independent agency system. So we have the boomers retiring. We have new agents coming in and Excited and new technology coming into the arena. And so I see this really interesting parallel to what you're talking about in baseball and the change of culture at, say, specifically LSU baseball. Well, I can go across the spectrum. I could even say there's a change in culture across Major League Baseball. I don't know if you followed it at all, but Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, is getting questioned and hammered because he's not following unwritten rules that say, hey, you don't bunt with a 10-run lead in the seventh inning. That's an unwritten rule. You don't just like hammer down on people. But he's doing it. He's changing the culture. And so I think it's really interesting because I see these parallels in our business and I see these parallels in the agents of the 27-year-old and the 57-year-old and how things are done or not done. It's exciting to me because I feel like I'm like right in the middle of it, trying to participate, but also observing it. And so it gets really exciting to me to think about.
1: So he's doing the same thing that Coach Saban does at Alabama. You don't let up.
0: Yeah. So why is it an unwritten rule, right? I'm an old school guy. I would say, yeah, I grew up under that. I understand both sides. I think that's what's unique is is what my perspective is, is because I understand it from the player side. Because I played like that, and I played under coaches who believed that, and you honored those unwritten rules. Hey, if you hit one of our guys with a pitch, guess what? One of your guys is going to get hit. Unwritten rule. If you hit a home run and do a bat flip in 1994, guess what? Somebody's ribs are going to hurt for the other team because you're going to get hit the next time you come up to the plate. There's all these little unwritten rules that are out there that today, on the coaching side, from a softball standpoint, I get what Gabe Kapler, I get what Nick Saban is talking about because what would they say if they gave up the 12-run lead? Why is it okay? For one side to say, hey, we're down 12 to one and you're still bunning on us or you're still stealing bases. You can't do that. What about the team that's got one run and comes back and ties the game in the eighth inning, 12 to 12? Why is that okay? If it's not okay to keep the gas pedal down, why is it okay to come back? Why don't you just throw your hands up and say, game over? For me, I have fully shifted as a coach and told our players, you don't ever let the gas pedal up. You keep the gas pedal down because I've been on the other side of that where we were hammering somebody and we let the gas pedal up and we got beat.
1: You know, three years ago, LSU and Arkansas were playing and we were down 9-4 in the seventh. It's a famous game because we had a possum that ran out onto the field. They had to take the grounds crew and and go find the possum. And the whole rally possum thing happened at LSU because at the end of the game, we went into 10 innings and we won 10 to 9. It was one of those things that they were so far ahead, there was no way it was going to happen. And the momentum changed with this possum. That moment changed the entire season and we ended up in the finals of the College World Series. So yeah, I don't think you can ever give up because things like that can happen.
0: Yeah, I've shifted in in my business mind within the independent agency system to kind of understanding this, that working smarter, not necessarily harder, having work-life balance, all of those conversations here kind of entered into this and go, yeah, but what does that mean about never letting up the gas. But what what does that mean from a business standpoint? Or what does that mean, you know, from a standpoint of how we do things? And I think it all comes down to You're always going to be driving your agency forward. Even if you are at a different stage, even if you're at a success stage, you can't turn off who you are. You're going to be looking for ways to continue to grow your business. I am constantly looking for ways to improve our business, to improve on what we do, to help other agents improve on what they do. That doesn't mean that my day looks the same as it did 20 years ago. I've not... the brakes on i will never necessarily pump the brakes now there may be a letting off the gas temporarily to catch our breath but the gas pedal is always going to be down to a degree and i think most agents are that way i think the agents who aren't that way are potentially losing value but i think also at the same time we think about this transition of boomers xers millennials z's coming you know all these different time of life scenarios I think there's such a parallel here of this shift that's going on in baseball that's also going on in the independent agent channel. And I I really think that there's this excitement around personal lines in the independent agency channel that wasn't there 20, 25 years ago. 20, 25 years ago, it was personal lines is dead. Give it to the captives and give it to the direct channel. Get into commercial and that's the only way you're going to survive. Not true. I think there's so much opportunity in personal lines. I think there's so much opportunity from what I see all of these new energy agents doing in the marketplace, just like what's happening at LSU. It went from the stoic to the energy excitement. This can be said about what's happening with the San Francisco Giants. All of this same kind of parallel is happening within the independent agency system. And it all has to do with, hey, I think I might have a different way, a better way of doing something. And I want to give that a shot. And so that's what I see is happening within personal lines that I get really, really excited about within our industry.
1: I love when we bring new agents on board and and getting to see how they do business. We had a new agent that came on board with us last year. And it was so funny. Every time any of us would call him, he was on the golf course. And I remember somebody even made a joke about it that, you know, was he really trying to run an agency or was he just playing golf? And I remember thinking he is doing business. That is where he does business. And he's been extraordinarily successful over the first year. And I love that he has found his niche going out his back door and onto the golf course and is becoming extremely successful. And I know that success on the golf course is very old school, but he is doing it in a brand new way. And I'm super excited
0: for him. It's an approach that doesn't fit me. This is what's so awesome about our business and about our industry. Like I would not do that. I just wouldn't. But I've watched him and went, wow. That's pretty cool. He's marketing where he where he lives, right? I mean he's marketing in his world. He's enjoying work again. Now that's an interesting deal, right? For those out there that are stuck in a rut or or maybe you're you felt like, well, I, I don't know if I'm gonna stay in this business. Well, guess what? A little new scenery, a little new energy around things, thinking about things a little differently. It could get fun again, right? I think that's what's happened to me. I would say 10, 15 years ago, you know, I, I was wondering and then kind of got excited again and then go back and forth. And, and now I'm, at, I'm kind of at this energetic level about marketing and podcasting and throwing myself out there in different ways. And it creates new energy, which I think that's what's happened with this particular agent. He's enjoying life. He's also enjoying work. And and that work piece for him is something that's bringing excitement to his life. And so I think it's fantastic. I, I, I wish we could have lots of folks just come have that conversation with that individual.
1: So what would you say to the guy who has been a producer for a long time or even owned a agency for a long time and they've lost the energy for it and they're trying to figure out okay what do I do next do I do I leave the industry I've thought about going independent and I hear this a lot but I just don't want to start over
0: probably not the actual industry right if you don't enjoy your work it's something else first thing I would do is check your life check your personal life you know okay I thought I
1: thought you were fixing to have a John Chris moment and say check your heart
0: oh no not check your heart (laughs) (laughs) so um you know, wh- what is actually the root cause of that issue? There's something there because unless you've been miserable for 25 years in the insurance industry, I don't know that I can help that because that means you might not have should have been in the industry at all. But we're not going to think about that right now. I'm thinking about what if you've lost that passion, maybe, or what if you've I don't know what I want to do. And well, change of scenery is generally one thing that you can consider culture, right? Change of culture. I think that we have examples of that with players, athletes. Sometimes they have revived careers because they changed culture, because they got into a different place. We see that with employees. So why shouldn't it be the same for agency owners or producers? If we think about that in terms of changing scenery, maybe that's an option because it's, it's probably not the business itself or the industry itself. I mean, the insurance, if you're an insurance person, you're an insurance person doesn't mean you have to stay there, but you probably enjoy it. If you're 20, 25 years in, you probably enjoy insurance. If you don't enjoy insurance and you're 25 years in, well, then I don't know what to tell you on that one because I love it. Like, I love this industry. There's not anything else that that I can imagine doing other than insurance. Now, do I need to change my perspective? Sometimes. But changing industry, I don't know.
1: So what about fear? Fear keeps us from making that jump. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that that's probably our, the big issue is, oh, man, I don't want to start over. I don't want to work that hard. I, I've heard that one several times. I don't want to work that hard. Maybe that's your problem. I mean, maybe you do need to work that hard. Maybe you need to put that. I don't want to go exercise. I don't want to do that sometimes. But I do that and I feel better when I do. That's something that I don't want to go work out. That is something that I think when you get down to it, there's fear. There's sort of this apathy thing that goes there. I think the fear thing is, is what if I fail? That fear of failure. Well, I'm, I'm successful over here, but I'm miserable. Is it worth it to be miserable in the wrong environment, even if you're financially successful? What you're saying at that point is it's not you. It's someone else. That means you're giving full credit to the company you work for or the or agency or the organization that you work for, that it's not you. I think that's probably wrong that it it's, has nothing to do with that organization, that it's you that is successful. And the fear is, is that you're not necessarily comfortable letting that go or seeing you're not confident enough in that. And I think that's where that fear sets in of, well, what if I fail? Well, what if you don't? What if you're really successful again, like I think you will be, and now you have a different freedom and a different outlook on on your career and you're now energetic and you're happier? is it really worth the gamble to stay and be unhappy and miserable because you don't want to change your budget for a couple of years?
1: So I'm going to leave us today with this quote from the great Babe Ruth. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game.
0: Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com.